0: You know, entrepreneurs have long heard the advice to create products and businesses that solve their own problems. Tim Ferriss refers to it as scratching your own itch. Now, in that spirit, Kara Golden launched a product that created an entirely new beverage category just to get herself to drink more water. As CEO of Hemp Water, Kara discusses some of the lessons that she shares in her new book, Undaunted, including, I mean, we touch on why big companies struggle with innovation How to Go Forward in the Face of Rejection, and she lays out some of her rejection stories, overcoming self-doubt, the different types of entrepreneurs, as well as, and most of the conversation is around the realities and challenges of being an entrepreneur. Now, you can learn more about her book, Undaunted, if you go to drinkhint.com, D-R-I-N-K-H-I-N-T dot com forward slash imperfect action, and you can find Kara on all the socials at just at Kara Golden k-a-r-a-g-o-l-d-i-n and anyway give this episode a listen please like forward share leave comments leave reviews Uh, it's a a great episode and she has some fantastic stories i embarrassingly had not come across it before they were kind enough to provide me with a, a little bit of hint wire door so i could try it out myself and i do appreciate that so anyway uh without further delay on to the episode Welcome to Imperfect Action, this is Brock Edwards, and of course, this is the show where we're looking for ideas, information, inspiration to really get out of our own way and be able to move forward, whether that's in our business, our life, in our career. And for today, I think we're combining all three of those things. So we've got Kara Golden as the guest, and I'm really, really excited for this conversation. So Kara, as I'm looking for a way to introduce you, your LinkedIn profile describes you as founder... CEO, entrepreneur, board director, speaker, podcaster, mother, and author. So that's a lot of ground there. So how do you introduce yourself to people?
1: <laughs> well, depending on the day, I guess I've I've uh, I've had a vast journey in lots of different uh, places like I've done that, and I that's one thing that I always, Kind of sharing with people along the way, based on whatever challenges they've gone through. I feel that I've uh, I've covered a lot of ground, I should say. But but today, as uh, as you and I were talking about before, I'm the founder and CEO of Hint, which is a company that I developed uh, just over 15 years ago in order to get myself to drink more water, and that was something that I was. Uh, you know, definitely challenged by and and saw this hole in the market and uh, and so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun building out not just a company but an entirely new category. Which for anyone who's kind of never thought about uh, the challenges of of that, I think about I always think about being an entrepreneur as climbing a mountain, but uh, being an entrepreneur and building out an entirely new category is is Everest
0: you know, the, the, the way you phrase that, I actually love that, that you, you, you want to drink more water. So you built a company, Uh, you know, a lot of people don't, don't kind of shoot that big. And so can, can you give just kind of the synopsis, the step from, Hey, I really think I should be drinking more water to, Hey, let me go invent a new category.
1: Yeah. So I was, uh, I mean, it really happened. So I was, uh, I was leaving my role at America Online. I had three young kids under the age of four. I was on the plane all the time. So I thought, okay, it's been seven years. I've built an amazing business uh, inside of AOL that uh, was over a billion dollars in revenue to the company. And I thought, you know, it's time to go hang back in San Francisco with my young family and try and figure out what I wanted to do next. But I, took a couple of years off and kept looking at different tech roles. And I just, I felt like I was kind of doing more of the same um, in, in potentially taking on a lot of these roles. Uh, maybe that sort of rings true for people who are trying to figure out what they really want to do, that I wanted to do something entirely different, but I just didn't know exactly what that was. And, and, That's when I decided to get myself healthy. I had gained a bunch of weight over a bunch of years, but particularly when I started having kids and I couldn't lose the weight that I wanted to get off. I had developed terrible adult acne too, and also my energy levels were really suffering. And I thought, there's something wrong with me. And maybe just by actually getting some pounds off and getting myself in shape, I could Kind of make some adjustments to this. I had been trying some different diets and had found that diets just weren't working for me. And then uh, started counting calories. And never did I actually think, primarily because the diet drinks, the diet coke in particular that I was drinking was only ten calories. Never did I think that that was kind of the the kind of piece that was really causing me to um, you know hold weight and, uh, and kind of not feel the best that I wanted to feel. And so I just decided as a test one day, and truly not even thinking that it was going to do anything, but just to see if I could sort of process of elimination, cut that out of my life. And so for two and a half weeks, I was really focused on just drinking water, which I realized I never really drank, even though I knew I should, because it was boring. And so I you know, substituted diet Coke for many years um, in its place. And two and a half weeks later, I noticed that my clothes were fitting differently. I had not only a lot more energy, but also my skin had cleared up, and I had lost twenty four pounds in two and a half weeks. And it was nuts. I mean, on a lot of levels. And I just couldn't believe that just making by making this one tiny little change that, again, clearly was not a lot of calories. So it couldn't be that, but how that could really change my life. And then I started slicing up fruit and throwing it in water, kind of in many ways, I guess in some ways, cheating. Um, you know, throwing in just to get me to sort of enjoy water because I just didn't like the taste of it. And that's when uh, it was it really got me to drink water. And I could drink, you know, anywhere from eight to twelve glasses of water a day. And that's when I really started thinking that while it was kind of hard over these two and a half weeks to, uh, I guess at this point it was a few more weeks than that one, I really started to think a little more about this. But when I, I felt like it was, I had hit a certain target that was nobody was really focusing on, which was the fact that water all had sweeteners in it. And that was any of the flavored waters had sweeteners. So it wasn't just sugar, but also diet sweeteners. And I wanted the equivalent of what I was making in my kitchen, yet I couldn't find it. And I thought, gosh, if more people would enjoy water and, and be able to drink kind of what I'm making in my kitchen, then we would not only help a lot of people, but help people to gain their health back. And that's when I just thought, gosh, just, I don't even know if this ends up being a company or not, but, or is this just a fun thing to do while I'm waiting, trying to figure out my next tech job. But I thought if I could just go do this, I don't know. Doesn't everybody do that when you're sitting here trying to, you're kind of bored trying to figure out what to do. And I just thought, I don't know, maybe I'll just go launch a product and see what happens.
0: Um, yeah, I, I haven't done that. So I, I can't say that, that everyone does. Um, I, so I love that, that, you know, just kind of finding the need and, and filling it. And, and that sounds it's like such a huge thing, you know, because that's that's not like you said, hey, you know, I'm going to sell some stuff on eBay or start an Amazon marketplace like, you know, a, a category in like water <laughs> in beverages that that seems so huge. So was it a a huge leap or did you kind of ease into it? Is that something you can even ease into once you've launched it?
1: Well, so here's the thing. I, you know, in addition to launching a new product, the other key thing was that I had no idea what I was doing. I had been in tech. I had not been in the beverage industry. So the closest I had been to to the beverage industry was being a consumer. And, and so you know it's one thing to get a product on the shelf at whole foods but then it just keeps piling on all of the kind of challenging requests from now you have to get a distributor or, how do you get your shelf life correct so pretty quickly i ran into lots of my own doubts and certainly you know as the product started to show up on the shelf there were plenty of people in the beverage industry who doubted my ability to be able to actually get this off the ground and uh and you know forget about actually becoming successful and so it it was challenging and like I said it wasn't just about a product it was also an entirely new category and probably two months into this product launch that's when I really started to recognize how much I didn't know and um and in some ways that's a you know it's it's uh, very defeating certain days, right? To know that you just don't know what you don't know, but also you don't know how to fix it. Um, But then on the other hand, what I realized about kind of where my head was at when I was leaving AOL was that I was really ready to take on something new that uh, that was challenging, that you know i didn't have the the experience to to be able to do that and you know it's something that i mentioned too because i run into people all the time who maybe they've been really good at what they've been doing for whatever 10 years 15 years 20 years but they're they're starting to feel like they're not that interested in it or they're not really that challenged and i think so often It's something that I think about a lot, which is that as we grow, you know, first we take an entry-level role and then we become a manager and then director and VP and maybe CEO and do all of these, you know, climbs right up the ladder. We lose touch with the ability and kind of the task of learning and making sure that we're learning constantly. And that's where I was at. I didn't know how to articulate that because i felt that here i'd been teaching all these people and mentoring and that's great and but then do you know what i mean once you get up the ladder your role is different you're now you get you get great at what you're doing and your role is to go and teach people and again that's fine but i think that it was time for me to frankly pay attention to myself and kind of what i needed to do and present new challenges even though they're they were a little bit uncomfortable for me. So I think that that is, uh, it's something that I really saw in as crazy as it sounded to me at the time and to many people around me was what I saw in launching a beverage company and something that I knew nothing about.
0: Well, you know, you, you have a, a series of accolades and I know, I, I only know of a a few of them, because I suspect there's quite a few more, you know, so you were entrepreneur of the year, in Northern California from EY in styles, 2019, badass 50. That's a, that's a great name of a group to be involved with. Um, 2011 fortune 10 most powerful wo- woman entrepreneurs in America. So all of that is post launch. And what, what I'm curious about is, and, and obviously you had a very successful career before launch, which you, you've already mentioned. So the title of your book, Undaunted overcoming doubts and doubters. You know, when we think about entrepreneurs, at least the the media's representation of them, is it's, you know, almost heroic. You know, it's kind of a a straight shot rise to the top. It's maybe a bit brash. It's uh, full of of certainty in self. And yet, of course, we also know that how the media represents things isn't always real life. And so I'm curious, clearly, you're you're very well qualified. You've got great experience. And yet, in the subtitle overcoming doubts so what were some of the doubts that you had
1: well i think just going into a new category again it it wasn't just about getting it on the shelf you it's almost like you at every single uh hurdle right you meet that hurdle and then you're presented with more and sometimes you even get 3 hurdles now placed in your lap to to go out and and challenge and so just being human you get these feelings of oh my gosh what am i doing here i've given up you know a nice cushy office and salary and i've also got I mean, when I launched the company, I've got four kids under the age of six at home. So you start questioning me, you know, I don't know, maybe I should take some more time off and not be doing with this. And this is way too hard. But I felt like at every point, there were things that I could tackle and I was interested in tackle tackling and you know the the consistent thread that i see in so many entrepreneurs that i've met over the years is this curiosity right and this ability to put themselves into positions that at times can be a little uncomfortable and they don't have all the answers it's a, it's almost like it it's, a, it's somewhat of a it, an, an insanity that goes on which is if somebody said to you here's a puzzle. And by the way, there's a few pieces missing, but I'm not going to tell you what those are. And, uh, and we're going to pull pieces along the way so that you're not going to be able to actually solve the puzzle. And then we might even add some at the end because so that you'll never actually be able to solve the entire thing. That is the experience of being an entrepreneur where, you know, you just have to pick yourself back up when you do have those doubts and like you know as I said you've got doubters that are I used to think that people who had incredible industry experience or they had worked at a super large company one of the big soda companies for 20 years that they were my answer to if I could just connect with them then they would solve all my questions right and that was one of the stories that I share in the book is uh, Is at a time, it's about a year into launching Hint, and I really was feeling like I just could not figure out how to get a proper shelf life on the product that Whole Foods was re- requesting from us. And the closest I had been to actually having a distributor, I had been self-distributing in the back of my Grand Cherokee, and the The closest I had been to a distributor was was really seeing a Coke or Pepsi or Cisco truck go down the street. I had no idea how to reach out to them or kind of what I had to do overall. And so a friend connected me with an executive at Coca-Cola and, you know, kind of felt sorry for me and said, you should talk to this guy. I met him on the plane. He seems really nice. Maybe he's been there for a long time, very senior. Maybe he can help you think through these things and maybe he'll even take your product on to distribute. So somewhere in there, I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll prepare for this meeting and really share what we've done. And uh, it was a phone call and 15 minutes into the conversation, he uh, jumped in and kind of interrupted me after I had given a nice speech about how well we were doing in the Bay Area where I live, and he said, "Sweetie, Americans, Americans uh, don't want sweet. This product isn't going anywhere." And I thought, "Oh my God, did he just call me sweetie across the across the uh, phone?" And and so many people have heard me share the story and said, have asked me questions such as why didn't you hang up on him or what, why didn't you say, excuse me, or something like that. And I, I don't really know the answer, but what I did do was just allow him to continue talking. And, and what I learned was a lot of what I understand today as the reason why large companies can't actually develop new companies or, or new categories because they continue thinking the same way, right? And um, the longer you've been there, the harder it is for you to innovate. And this is, you know, true in beverage, but even outside of beverage in lots of different categories. And so he went on to share that what the consumer really wanted was less calories and that they were working hard at the time. You know, diet drinks were 10 calories. They weren't at zero yet. So he was working hard to try and get it to zero calories. And, uh, you know, I continue to listen to him and, and uh, really l- lead me to believe that they were most interested in kind of tricking the consumer. What I had seen firsthand was that I had obviously bought into this whole concept of diet and uh, it didn't work. And I wasn't as healthy as I wanted to be. And now I was healthy. And I felt that that's not what consumers wanted because many consumers were sharing with us. They had seen the email and the phone number on our bottles. And uh, while it was still early, only a year into the life of this product, they were saying that we were helping them drink more water, control type 2 diabetes, um, lots of things that were related to health. So I, I consciously... Uh, listened and and never heard him once say that this consumer wants to get healthier. And I thought, wow, like this is th- this is really so clear to me that here's this large company that I thought was going to solve all my problems for me is actually uh, not. And they don't get what I'm doing. They're not a mission based company. I mean, I'm not even sure that there's a mission there. I mean, it's they're on a very different river path whatever you want to say and so i think that that was really kind of an important lesson that i learned along the way too that just th- things that might seem um kind of obvious or are kind of counter um to to what you believe and that was the decision i made um, a very important decision right after that phone call was to actually continue building the company because i thought if i don't do it he's not doing it anytime soon um this is a this is something that you know if i really really believe it's going to be helping people get healthier and drink more water then it's up to me to go do it
0: well it's it does seem like a nice gift you know on one hand it's very demoralizing but on the other hand I mean, he pretty much just put a stake in the ground and declared, I am not going to compete with you.
1: Yeah. And I've looked at so many other, you know, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journeys along the way. And I think that naturally, again, it's like, you know, you're human, you have doubts. People will say, why, you know. I'm sure somebody said to the founders of Google, who needs a search engine, right? I mean, it's just, you know, you have these people because they just don't really, they don't see, they don't have the vision. Um, They don't, maybe they didn't experience in their own life that there was a need, Uh, all of these things. And you ask enough people and they're going to tell you that this product isn't needed because they don't. They're not the crazy uh, entrepreneurs, and uh, Steve Jobs probably uh, said it best when he said, "You know, listen to the crazies, right?" And the people that are that are really, or however he exactly said it, that are that are going and and creating things that maybe we don't necessarily hear from every person or every consumer that they actually need it, but somebody that goes and solves problems and, and identifies, um, how not only what the problem is, but how to do it is somebody that often seems crazy early on and people just don't really understand why it's needed.
0: Well, you know, in the book, you had this great line, you said, don't think about what you can't do, figure out what you can do, then do it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. what other advice would you have for, for entrepreneurs or maybe even uh, that's better segue into what's the overarching message from the book to the reader? Like what is that advice you're, you're trying to give?
1: Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's just go try, because if you don't try, you actually won't allow it to happen. Right. And it's really pretty, it's that simple yet. So often, and and frankly i think that the more educated the more experience we have the more likely we are to kind of take the road less traveled right we're you know we do things that are that are kind of just easy and we and we consciously allow these walls around us to kind of build up and and stop us from going out and and trying. And I think that that is such an important message for people to really understand that that they need to get a little uncomfortable, that being an entrepreneur and and going out and creating something is, yes, it's really re- rewarding. and and uh, you know, there's unicorns out there, but there there's also failures out there too. but even if you, Uh, fail or you succeed there's going to be so many lessons in between that allow you to be a more confident person more uh, you learn a ton about yourself about others and you you know forge things you just go forward and I think that that is that is really the lesson in this book what this book won't do is actually say um, okay if you want to Get a product on the shelf at Whole Foods. Here's the one, two, three way to do it. Because no entrepreneur can actually tell you that their way is going to work for you. All the best they can do is actually share their story. And this is my story of how, you know, I ran into roadblocks. I had the doubts, the doubters, the fears, the failures, but I remained undaunted and I you know figured out what i could do when i felt like there wasn't hope that i that i could yet i found little ways to just go and accomplish little things along the way so there's a lot of lessons pretty deep in there um i've actually had a few schools already pick it up for kind of studies which i think is uh, pretty fun uh because they're not uh i i hadn't had time, frankly, to reach out to any, but I think it's, it's pretty exciting because there really are a lot of lessons in here.
0: Well, let, let me ask, I mean, so why, why write the book? And what I mean by that is obviously you're, you're sharing your story, but you also mentioned, you know, you're, you're a mom of four, you're already running a successful business, growing a successful business. Uh, you, You also do podcasts as well. I mean, That's a busy enough schedule right there. So what inspired you to really dig down and write the book on top of all that?
1: So the book stemmed out of my own writing uh, in a journal um, for the last few years as I was traveling and building up my company and doing a ton of public speaking. I'd been asked to public speak years ago on really how I built the company and It was. um, I mean, that's a story in and of itself too. Because I, even though I was a very social person, I was uh, very fearful of public speaking. So for many years, I turned it down. And then I thought, I need to really get comfortable with this because there's a lot of opportunities that have come up, and that sort of stemmed into this, um, this bigger push for me to. And get out there because many times when I was going to these events that they were also hearing for the first time about Hint and uh, so and again you know I wanted to do whatever I could to really be um to really help the brand as well but anyway oftentimes there would be the Q&A at the end and and people would say to me uh they kind of make statements about me more than anything such as you're obviously okay with risk and you're um, you know, you've had so much success. And after a while, I thought, gosh, there are so many stories that I have where it does not, the perception is not really reality. And I started sharing those stories and, you know, the response back from, uh, from people listening was your, thank you so much for sharing these stories. You're so authentic. You're so, you know, this and that. And I thought, you know, If that, I mean, it's, it was shocking, frankly, to hear from people that people just don't really tell the hard stuff, right? They say, here's how I got to, you know, be successful. And now my company, now my company's this or this. But there's so much that goes on in between that I think is just so helpful for people to know oftentimes that they're not alone because there's times when things get, happen when you know we got kicked out of starbucks not me personally but my product things like that happen and you think it's the end of the world right but somebody tells you this through speaking to to an audience that you happen to be sitting in and you suddenly think wow if that happened to her and she's still smiling and she she figured out a way to make it out maybe I can too and so that's when about a year and a half ago I thought there's a lot of people not sitting in the audience maybe I should I, I didn't even think about writing a book. I, I said maybe I could just bind my notes together, my journal together, and see if uh, I could help a lot more people. And that's when it uh, one thing led to the other. I knew a couple of authors, and they said you should really put it into a book. And I I was like, okay, I'll I'll do that. But uh, but not really knowing, um, frankly where it would go. The interesting thing about the book, which is not too different from when I launched Hint, was it was, uh, you know, in some ways kind of helping me when I was writing this journal and in many ways, just sort of sharing these stories. And then I would come to conclusions and almost prompt myself along the way of thinking about where else have I had failures? Um, what did I learn from these kind of challenges along the way? And, uh, it's. I mean, since the book launched, I've heard from so many—not just entrepreneurs and, you know, would-be or hope to be entrepreneurs, but also many, many CEOs who are out there. Many of whom I've never met before, who have said your story and and your challenges are really unique in sharing so many of these things. Because, by the way, you're still the CEO of a company. I mean, you talk about everything from raising money and and stories of, you know, existing relationships that that we have that at times we're not perfect and but that's life, right? That's life along the way and it's again it's my side of the story but that's what people need to hear who are thinking about whether it's um running their existing day-to-day life or business or thinking about going in this direction
0: you know one of the things I really appreciate about your your journey Carrie, is it, it it almost seems um I don't know unintentional um, yeah. you, you know you you didn't start off saying hey I want to launch a company I want to be an author I want to do all this they, they kind of evolved over time as you took an idea played with it found some legs and and went from there, and, and I'm curious, how how have you gone about assessing, you know what what is a good idea that no one else happens to be doing, versus what's you know not a good idea, and that's why no one's doing it.
1: You know, I I think there are, are there are multiple types of entrepreneurs, but the way that I think about it is that there are people who find holes in the market and then there are also people who see something in the market and they believe that they can do it better in Mm -hmm. in some way and so I have never been the latter type where I've seen a product and had an idea maybe I've thought about it but for me it's not the type of entrepreneur I am I see holes constantly and while they While they may not be entirely new categories, I want to do things that just seem so obvious to me. So, for example, in the pandemic, there were a ton of uh, hand sanitizers out there. And I would just, I have a very good sense of smell. And um, I would, I knew that there were some out there that were just rancid. And I thought that this is, this is just not, I mean... The FDA ended up pulling a bunch of hand sanitizers out there, but I thought, why aren't there hand sanitizers with fruit that is actually being used to scent? We had developed a sunscreen a few years ago and created something that was really unique. I mean, there were no sunscreens that were in the market that were really being picked for, not just ingredients, but also scents like pineapple and grapefruit. We were using the, the Essences that we use in the water to scent the sunscreen. So I looked at that category as a whole, and you know, again, I knew nothing about it other than looking at it from a consumer perspective, and just decided I want to just go and and jump into it. But truth is, is I don't know if I'm going to fail when I go into anything, right? And that's and that is really living undaunted that if you sit there and try and figure out, okay, you know, I could fail and therefore I shouldn't start. I mean, that is not, that is a way to live, but I don't think it's necessarily the only way to live. And I think that most people who have gone out and done things, call them successful, call them, you know, crazy entrepreneurs, whatever, are really the ones that kind of just decided that there was, there was risk. And, and, but if you focus on the risk, then you'll never start. So
0: as we start wrapping up here, I'm curious. So you mentioned risk. What, what do you do? What's your approach to minimizing risk? I know you can't eliminate it, but how have you gone about assessing and reducing it to the point where you're comfortable moving forward?
1: You know, it's, it's interesting. My dad, I call him in my book, a frustrated entrepreneur because, uh, he was never a true entrepreneur, but he was, he, uh, had launched a brand inside of a large company, uh, called healthy choice, um, for ConAgra. And it, it you know, it's interesting because I think that I've always sort of looked at anything I've done, kind of remembering how he thought about things inside of a large company, including, you know, really how big of a market it was, but also how expensive it would be. But if it failed, what would ultimately be, you know, the loss, right? And so you can measure risk in a lot of different ways. But for me, it has been about money. I mean, maybe that's also growing up in a super middle class family, you know, last of five kids. And, and, but I, but I realize in, living with somebody who I loved very much who, who wouldn't take those risks because he had other responsibilities, including putting food on the table for five kids and paying for all of our sports that we were doing constantly, which I, you know, super appreciate. But I think that he always shared with me that, you know, you think about if it wasn't, it, it, how quickly could you recover? if this thing didn't go well and I remember when I moved from Arizona to New York when I was getting out of school and thinking gosh I don't know anybody it's super scary I don't even know what a subway really is I mean all of these things he he broke it down for me pretty quickly and said look you're gonna you know you'll have a year's lease you'll you won't have any furniture because you don't have any money to buy any anyway and so you know you just go to the airport and buy a one-way plane ticket and it's going to, you know, it's going to be expensive. But so, I mean, can you recover? Probably. I mean, it's not that bad. And, and that's how I've, I've thought about things. And I think it's just, it's the same thing, you know, in and launching products. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say another unique thing that I do is that I want to be really involved in innovation and, and because I learned and so even during the pandemic i sort of led the charge on kind of figuring out the category as a whole and then i go to the team and get buy in and from the rest of the team and as it gets a little more developed then i you know start to go work on other things but and and innovate in other ways because i just love innovation but i think that that is i think it's it's constantly figuring out what's the loss what's the worst that can happen i think is another uh I think this applies here as well.
0: Well, we know the the book's called Undaunted and how can people find you? I mean, beyond reaching out, you know, getting the book for people who are curious more about you, more about your story, what's the best way to find you?
1: Yeah. Uh, Kara Golden with an I.com and all over social media as well. And uh, yeah, just, um, uh, And I, hopefully everybody will come say hello and let me know if you read the book, let me know what you think.
0: Well, uh, excellent. Last question for you, Karen, and this has been great. So it's a question I ask all all my listeners and it's just simply, what would your ask be, uh, I'm sorry, all my guests. And the question is, what would your ask be of the listener? Like you've, you've done all of this to, to help others. Well, how could they help you?
1: I think the key thing is uh, sharing your story um, and, and actually living this undaunted way. Because I think that there, when you think about it, how many people actually fear doing the things that they would like to do? And especially during times like we've been through over the last year of living in a pandemic, how many times did you actually think about, gosh, maybe I wish I would have done something like that? and, uh, or, you know, saw family members and all of the things that we were all thinking about. But I think that living undaunted really means taking stock uh, to me in and really doing the things that we wish we could do and figuring out how to go and do them.
0: Excellent. Well, Kara, this has been fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for being on today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.